Triple M rocks the NRL 24-7 through the Triple M app. Thanks to Ream. Steady, hot and strong. Install a Ream. It's been another incredible year of rugby league. For the first time in NRL history, a battle of the West will decide the grand final. Parramatta win! Parramatta win! It's their greatest win in 36 years! They have overcome extraordinary odds! Get it twisted. Get it twisted. These two teams hate each other. This is a unique rivalry. Lane's gone right through. He gets it away to Gaffelson. Two tries on the fifth tackle. Over 55 years. The ultimate goal is to make claim to be the real kings of the West. Who would have thought that in 1986, when the Eels won their fourth premiership, they would still be waiting 36 years later for their next? So Melbourne about to celebrate their third grand final victory on a courageous paramount. Sydney's West is a funny old thing. No one really knows where it starts or ends, but one thing is for sure. Penrith and Parramatta are the heartlands. Rugby league heartlands. My God, they're a good team, Penrith. Oh, Parramatta, don't you love it? There is no better side in rugby league. Whatever happens, they'll be dancing in the streets of the West. And just like Jimmy said all those years ago... Ain't no second prize. So who will claim Rugby League's richest prize? For our great mates at Ream and Maccas, Triple M rocks the grand final. Yes, indeed. And here we are on a Saturday afternoon. The Saturday scrum set to count down to tomorrow's grand final. The Eels taking on the Panthers. One set of fans have been waiting 36 years. The other just 12 months, which is the fairy tale. We have a very good group with you to share the next couple of hours. Dave Riccio is here. Uh, Aaron Woods, Craig Gow. My name is Tony Squires. Gentlemen, lovely to have your company. Uh, Gow, I'll start with you. Been there, done that. On the Saturday before your grand final, how are you feeling? I'm feeling very confident, actually. I, you know, obviously, Penrith's been the, the better team all year. Yeah, you know, I think looking back at their season, um, you know, having Nathan out for so long and having those young guys come in and do the job, 
uh, just shows you how strong the club is from, uh, you know, from the juniors up and, you know, those young guys having their opportunity to come in and, and do the job and they certainly have done that and uh, that's certainly uh, helped the, the Penrith team, you know, lead into the into this big big occasion because of the fact that uh, they have done it without Nathan for, for long periods of time, but they were lengths above and you've seen that by their minor premiership and also the fact that, um, you know, the quality that they have across the, the board, um, you know, from their forward pack to the halves to the back back five, uh, you know, it's a complete team and they've shown for the last, uh, you know, what, three years now that uh, they are, the you know, one of the top teams of the, the competition. Woodsy, how will you be spending your Sunday afternoon, Sunday evening? Uh, mate, I'll be calling the game, yeah. actually, with Triple M. So very excited. And, you know, I think it's two of the main sides. You know, two, uh, definitely Penrith, who's been the best team probably the last three years. It's been outstanding to see how they've come and probably not just the best team, but best club. You know, they've won the SG Bore, the flag, the reserve grade. This New South Wales Cup. Yeah, it's right. unbelievable. It's the system and... You know, Gowie's been out there. The nursery of, you know, the, the Western Sydney is just remarkable. And, you know, really good to see the Battle of the West, Parramatta as well. Obviously, they midway through the year, we weren't too sure if they are going to make the top eight, let alone, you know, top four. So they've had a, they've done so well to get into the four. And um, they lost the first game against uh, Penrith in the first semi, you know, after Mitch goes down after the 60-minute mark. So uh, it's going to be a really good game. I'm really looking forward to it. Full house, Dave Riccio? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, one of the quickest selling out grand finals that I can recall, this one was sold out on Tuesday. Wow. Uh, usually by, you know, still today you could pick up a ticket or two, but this one was gone. And then you can no, find a scalper and you've got to spend a couple of grand. Yeah, a couple of grand. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you, Woodsy be sweet. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm working, mate. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> Talking about the folding, Woodsy. Uh, the, yeah, look, one of the quickest selling out grand finals I've seen uh, from this point in time, as we stand on Saturday afternoon, Parramatta can do no more. They have completed their preparation. They have trained. They've completed their captain's run on Friday. They are a little bit different to other sides. They do the their best work and biggest work uh, two days out from the grand final. Uh, they don't have a captain's run on Saturday. So they're done. So, so, so what do they do today? So it's a chill-out day. Oh, wow. Yeah, they've done all their work. And they've also chosen, interestingly, and this is uh, very much the theme of the Eels coach, Brad Arthur, in keeping it normal. They have chosen not to hold their captain's run at a core stadium, Sydney Olympic Park. The first time that they hit a core stadium on Sunday will be the first time that they see it this week, um, where the Panthers will hold their captain's run at 2 o'clock this afternoon. Uh, out at a core stadium, get a feel for the place and go that path into the grand final. Will they be staying overnight at Homebush as well? Or? The Eels? Yeah. No. Again, no, sticking to yeah, I don't mind that. Sticking to what Brad Same Arthur... Prep. Yep. Brad Arthur wants to stick to what has worked for them and that is staying in their own beds. Um, Any excuse for a hotel stay, I reckon. Get away yeah. from the kids Don't for a night. Oh, good night's sleep. The, the Panthers, again, are different. They're going with the hotel experience uh, and... and, and, and uh, what it does, I've been talking to both clubs about this and, you know, each to their own, but the Panthers believe that you're just removing that 1% chance of a family member knocking on the front door or, you know, mates giving you a call or, you know, and yeah. dropping in and, hey, you wouldn't have a couple of tickets or just removing that 1% potential of a distraction where Brad Arthur, as I said, sticking to what has worked, and keeping in mind, they were criticised for flying into Townsville later than what people thought it worked for them. That they're sticking yeah. to what they know. What, what did you do, Gary? Grand final 
Eve. No, we just caught the bus down. Yeah? Yeah, so we caught the bus down. It was actually, for us, that in that, that era, I think we are just supremely confident going into the game. Even though we were under the pump in, in the way of, you know, uh, they thought the Roosters were going to win, even though we won the minor premiership. Um, it was, uh, that's just how we did it back then. So I'd be interested to see if Penrith did that last year. Did they stay down there? No, no well, up in Queensland, because we're in, in oh, the bubble right. gallery. That's, that's right. right. It was yeah. all based but, up there. But then the one before that against Melbourne, I wonder if that, that was a, the way that they did it just for some re- you know, whatever reason. The best part about that would be is driving out of Penrith. The amount of fans on the highway would be going absolutely berserk. I think that's uh, more when you're coming back in. <laughs> but, you know what I mean? So that's the most enjoyable part. You have to catch the bus and go right around and then come back because you can't get down there. So. All lining up for a drink with Roycey. Oh, <laughs> still. <laughs> still. Still. Just to Gowie's point, I think the Panthers have used a lot of their learnings of previous grand finals and adopted their their schedule this week accordingly. Yeah. They know what mm, that didn't really work in 2020. This one worked in 21. Let's go that way. Oh, there's been a big element of that as far as the Panthers prep yeah, is concerned. No, you look, you look at a lot de- wrong. The demographic you like Penrith have got so much experience in these big games. Parramatta have, have zero. Now it's a double-edged sword because these guys know exactly what they're going in for and all the rest of it. These other, these other guys are that excited to be there. Yep. And it's it's one of those things that, that that's a big driver that you can't not count out. So that's where it's it's they're very dangerous and it's going to be a, an amazing match. All roads lead to a core stadium uh, tomorrow evening, the grand final, the Battle of the West, the Parramatta Eels taking on the defending premiers, the Penrith Panthers. Uh, my name's Tony Squires. I have Dave Riccio, Aaron Woods, and, of course, Craig Gower with me. All right, uh, Dave, what's anything going on late news from out of the camp? Yeah, look, it's important that the, the Panthers just get through this afternoon's captain's run before yep. finalising their squad. But, you know, over the past couple of weeks, we've seen Ivan Cleary make a subtle change to his starting lineup, and that has included Mitch Kenny starting at dumbing half and leaving Appy Coruscant uh, to come off the bench and provide some impact. Fan, a lot of fans are confused by this, given the, the standard in the game of Coruscant. Uh, the Panthers have noticed that a lot of teams are starting to spot Coruscant up, and by that I mean send a lot of their big men, big men. Uh, at Coruscant to make him make those tackles early in the game. Now, Mitch Kenny's one of the highly regarded as one of the best defensive dummy halves in the competition. Uh, certainly not as creative as Coruscant, but can probably just stay, take the sting out of that first 20 minutes. It'll be interesting to see if Ivan goes down that path again. Gary, I don't know how you feel about that. What would you prefer the Panthers do? Yeah, I, I don't like it, Dave. Just on the, on the reason of last week, uh, we, we liked a bit of direction out there. And also gives the defence uh, more time to get to Nathan and, and the more of the attack players. You know, Abby's just so deceiving out of there. You don't know what he's going to do. And that just adds that element to the defensive line to, to oh, we're going to wait and we're going to sit instead of just going rushing up and then going to Nathan because uh, there's not enough, um, you know, d- deception at that at that position at that time. So... Uh, hopefully, hopefully they go with Abby because you know he's a state of origin player. He adds so much to their attack, and it gives Nathan and and Luai more time. And so that's the way I I would play it. Just as far as the Eels are concerned, guys, we've also seen a subtle change under Brad Arthur as far as his starting lineup, and that is uh, bringing Murata Niakore back to the bench. Sorry, starting Murata Niakore and bringing Ryan Madison back to the bench. There is a little tip around that Brad could go with a starting Nathan Brown. 
We, but wow. if, if he goes with Brown, who's going to go back to the bench? Is it Madison? And he's going to leave Murata on the bench. Yes. So, so yeah, that's a, basically Brown's been named on the bench. Yep. And he'd swap with Murata. I don't mind that because he's going to try fight fire with fire with the big man of Penrith, and then that's probably one position that they do lack. Parramatta is their, you know, the the leg speed off the bench, and if you get Murata coming off as well with mm. Mad, uh, coming off the bench with Madison, I think it could create a little, create a little bit of havoc for him because Madison can play a little ball playing, and then you just get Murata just to punch and yep. Get at Coruscant when he gets on straight away. It's been it's been three months since Nathan Brown last played an NRL game. Yeah, that round seventeen, right? So, I did ask Brad about the conditioning of Brown. Is he ready for this? He's been playing reserve grade. Yeah, yeah, he has. But mate, this is a grand final, as you know. The speed of it. So. uh, He's he's not going to play big minutes. His job is to go out there, ruffle a few feathers. Not lose his head, but just get in get the game. Get to Nathan. Yeah. So my question get to you, Woodsy, would be if the tip is that Brown may start, does that stack up if you only want a fast 20 out of him? I don't or, mind it. Or, he gets, or does, is the tip wrong and that he will come off the bench and provide the 20 there? See, for me, I'd probably – I like the – I don't mind with Murata starting. I'd probably put Paulo back to the bench and and start Brown. Wow. Yeah, I'd, I'd change that. We did that with Origin, remember? Because you got a massive body coming off the bench. Mm. Once Fisher Harris and Leota come off, because they're everyone talks about Fisher. I think Moses Leota, he's an absolute weapon. He's the one that gets them on the front foot. He does the first plays, you know, normally after um, Toto. He he's carries uh, gets them over the deadline. So if I think if he can fight fire and if Brown can hold his own against those two, and then you bring Paulo on after that, you know, that's going to create a bit of ruck because then he's coming up against um, Sorensen, Kenny, and that. Mm. So I think. It's it's a big thinking plan for for Parramatta. Well, the key thing is I understand that Wong and Blake's been putting notes in his uh, fellow <laughs> players' lockers saying, "Please shut down Nathan Cleary's time and space, so he doesn't get those kicks." Unbelievable. Up at him. Yeah, That's what they are going to have to do is just not give him the space and time, aren't nice. they? Tony, that's going to be uh, interesting because I think the first kick of the game is going to be a bomb and it's going that way. Yep. So, and also, it's going to be interesting to see how they diffuse that because they know that it's it's coming and and. Does that mean then Gutho is going to play like in, in his pocket and try and take those balls? And then you've got Sivo sort of fanning around and trying to cut off the, the area at the space at the back. So um, it's going to be crucial, crucial. And, and Nathan's kicking game is spot on. And what he's been throwing up, it's like, it's like Warney. Bowling. Yeah. You, know, yeah. you just don't know what's coming at you. But, <laughs> That's you know? the thing, exactly. If That's he gets him into analogy. the air, if he gets him into the air, then nothing you've done is going to affect you because they're virtually impossible. But you know what he does well is he picks his moments. If you watch the, on the weekend, he was going end over end for the yeah. first couple because he wasn't in the right position. Yeah. And as soon as he gets that one that one time when the kick pressure's off and he, he can realise it, he just hits yeah. it and he hits it that well. Well, that, that's his game management straight away. Then, Unbelievable, you know, like he, he just he he just knows how to pick the the right kick at the right time or the right pass or or whatever it is. It's just. It's unbelievable how his game has just evolved and, and gotten better year on year on year. And, you know, it's just uh, – it's untapped, really. As a journo this week, you're looking for different angles, different stories on stories about grand final week. And I was thinking about Nathan's kicking game, and, and we all know it's coming. Wonga Blake knows it's coming. Yep. He, I spoke to him. He said, well, I've got, I've, I know it's coming. <laughs> However, I thought, why don't I have a chat to Matt Burton? Because he is the NRL super boot, Matt Burton. And so I spoke to Berto, and Burton, Burton said, Nathan's kicks are so much more precise than yeah. mine. It's like Nathan can direct them. He, exactly. Would yeah. he? Burton, Burton, just, Burton he said, just tees off. Nathan can put that floating bomb wherever he wants and nail it on the exact spot 
that he needs to. How, how many hours of training do you reckon that takes? Oh, hey? well, you, but he's out yeah. there. He's out there. Just yeah. he's always the last one out there. He's always you know just his work ethic is just unbelievable, and it just shows young people today that the harder you work, the better you become, and there's just there's no other substitute for work. I saw that firsthand in Origin Camp uh, up at Kingscliff, where the Blues were based. I was I was I was in camp as the journo for the telly um, this year. And all the blues were on the bus at, at training. It's gone for an hour and a half. They're all on the bus. Nathan's out there kicking field goals, one after the other. The boy, but no, no blue. None of the blues blows were blowing up. Yeah. No, calling him to get back on. Come on, get on the bus. No, they just know that it, that's Nathan, and he would he would stay out there for ages and ages. As Gowie said, it's no fluke. Yeah. Four or five weeks suspension also gave him some extra time for more practice, which is absolutely, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely brilliant. You, you started to touch earlier, Gowie, on, on, I don't know if you might use the word excitement about, you know, from Parramatta's point of view, coming into this game. That emotion, is that a good thing to harness or it can also be troublesome? It all depends on, on the person. Uh, you know, as a team, you go in there, for, you know, I only can go back onto my, my experiences. And even though... This is our first grand final. We we're so excited, but we just loved the, the, the love the whole week. Yep. And we just in, it was just enjoyment because you, you've done all the hard work. You know, you, you get to go to the uh, grand final breakfast and and all the other stuff that comes with it. But there was a, just an air of confidence about us, and especially in the in the uh, changing room beforehand, everyone was having fun. It was we were enjoying it, and I suppose that's the biggest thing about Parramatta is that the way that they're going to approach it. And I hope they do because obviously they'll be able to play their best football because they're more relaxed. Yep. And it's, uh, you know, it's certainly you, you always think ahead. Like I don't care who you are, you're always going to think ahead. I imagine if we we won the grand final, you know, like that's just that's just nature. Yeah. But it's just like channeling what you what you know and and just the processes that you go through and all the rest of it to uh, to make sure that you perform as well as you can on on the night. One one of the things that Gail is touching on there about being relaxed and in the moment, I've certainly noticed that from Parramatta this week. Whereas we know that they're the they're the they're the rookies in this dance. Like they, they, they are the most inexperienced as far as grand final representation previously is concerned. And out at the Parramatta Fan Day and media session on Monday, there were 3,000 Eels fans at Kellyville and the atmosphere was outstanding. And the players were just lapping it up, enjoying it. They weren't – every player was available to the media as long as you wanted them to. Brad Arthur was out there on the field with a, with a smile on his face. And um, Brad would know this – his maturation as a coach, he was pretty stone cold early doors. Like in his career, he, he wasn't – he he was quite abrupt. And I've seen a definite change in Brad's demeanour, certainly more so more than ever in the past six weeks, really embracing who he is a coach and what this team is and what works for them. And I've seen nothing but a relaxed Parramatta, which if Gow is saying, it's a positive sign. It is a positive sign. There's been so much talk around, always is around Parramatta and certainly over the past few years and around Brad Arthur about what, how do you measure the success of a season? And you know, as, a, as a Dragons fan, if I'm playing the grand final, I'm saying that's a huge success. But even for Parramatta now, oh, they've got to win it or there's still pressure or the season doesn't count as a success. This is a su- successful season, surely. Yeah, I reckon, Tony, this is a massive success yeah. for them. You know, obviously mid-year, if you had said they're in a grand final, I, I think we all would have been like, you're kidding. Yeah. You know, they didn't. They weren't going too well around origin period. Um, they regrouped. They got themselves back in the top four. Um, you know, they beat Melbourne. They, they've beaten Penrith twice this year. No team's done that. They beat Melbourne twice. Um, 
and they had to beat Melbourne to get into the top four. And that, that, everything was on the line for them. They did that. Obviously, they had the hiccup in the first semi against Penrith. Then they come back and, you know, a lot of people tipped Canberra to beat them. They come out and blew Canberra off the park. Uh, and then they go up to Townsville, who uh, the Cowboys have had the week off. You know, they're fresh and they're playing in different conditions, humid. They fly up, I think, the day of the game or day before, get the job done, and, and they're back here. So, look, honestly, there's a lot of a lot of criticism at Brad Arthur, especially before that first final game yep. against the, the Panthers when they did get rolled. But Jesus done a remarkable job. And yep. to see... The, the scrutiny that he's under, the players are playing for him. And that's, you know, Gal will tell you, if, if you're off your coach, you're not playing hard. Like, not, not that you're not playing hard, but the players are doing absolutely everything they can, and, and they have. They got into a grand final, and I personally think they're probably the only side that can actually give Panthers a shake in this competition. So I, I'm really excited for it. Love it. I'm excited for it as well. I also love the fact they're wearing the, uh, the brown leather slip-ons with the ankle socks as well than the other, other morning. I don't know whether they got them from Peter Wynn's school. We'll find out. <laughs> <laughs> Triple M, Saturday Scrub for King G. Triple M rocks footy. With you, Gary. Dave Riccio, Tony Squires with you on a Saturday afternoon, the Saturday afternoon, eve of grand final day. Uh, what better time to talk to one of the Eels legends, Mr. Peter Wynn. G'day, buddy. How are you? Gee, I love that introduction with you. It shook me all night long, ACDC. How fitting is that leading up to grand final? I loved it. So Absolutely. good. Absolutely. <laughs> Here is a man, of course, who's tasted Premiership glory with the Eels. 82, 83, 1986, as we know, the last time that has happened. How's your week been? How's the excitement level been for you? Yeah, enormous. So I'm so privileged and honoured to have so many Paramount fans come in the shop and some Penrith fans as well. But just to see the excitement in their face, the anticipation, it's been enormous. You know, they're all getting their colours and just the whole city of Parramatta is just blue and, all, blue and gold at the moment. And uh, it's going to be like that in the grandstands tomorrow night. Uh, so exciting. I'm really honoured to be a part of it, you know, just to speak to the fans. I mean, it's 36 years, a long time ago since we won the Premiership and majority of my customers weren't alive those days, you know, so, <laughs> which, is, which is quite amazing in itself. Hey, Winnie, mate, it's uh, Woodsy here, mate. Just wanted to know, how, how long have you had that shop up and running for? Since you're a little boy, Woodsy, my <laughs> mum used to bring you. <laughs> nah, I'm revealing it on, on, on radio. Woodsy used to get his footy bits off me, so I've had a lot of his career. Yeah. <laughs> now, 1988, uh, I used to be a secondary maths teacher prior to that, but I was that niche to get into business and um, got into it way back then and been there, what's that, 34 years, a long time. We won our last comp in 86. I, I've never been in business when Parramatta won a competition, you know, so <laughs> let's hope it happens. Hey, Pete Craig Gow, mate, how are you? Hey, Craig. Uh, mate, love you. Love your work back there in the days too and um, big topic at the moment with your Dallium and your well-deserved get your hands on it, mate. Keep pushing for it. No, thank you, buddy. Yeah, no, I'll, I'll let that one get slide now. I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> I'm done and dusted with it, mate. <laughs> <laughs> no, don't be. Once you give up, it's gone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you tell him, Winnie. Hey, hey uh, after uh, on Sunday's game and, and, you know, if it's a Parramatta uh, victory, is there any sales on at your place? I want to know. Uh, or, or, is it, or is it top price? <laughs> I want to know. Or, or we might be down there for a couple. Oh, man, I'll do your deal. You won't feel any pain, Craig. But I've got to ask yeah. you one question. If Parramatta win the competition on Sunday night, how long will they party for? Can you tell me that? How long will uh, go on for? Yeah, it could be a couple of days. But, uh, you know, but what's it, what's it actually mean to the Parramatta community? Like, obviously, you know, ha- having so much success in the early 80s and, and what you, what the, the club's gone through, what does it actually mean to the, com- the community itself and, and obviously yourself and businesses around uh, Parramatta? 
I think, you know, Parramatta's a heartland of rugby league. It's such a big part of the portfolio of that whole area. And the fans are so loyal. You know, at the start of every year, they say, is it our year, Pete? Is it our year? And they stick solid. I mean, I remember back in the 80s when we did win the competition and what it meant to the fans. And nothing's changed. I mean, I, I don't know if these parents are brainwashing their kids or what, but there's still plenty of kids coming through supporting the Eels, you know, and they love it. I mean, it's good for the whole town. And not just my business, you know, in the middle of Church Street there in Parramatta, but all the businesses down Church Street, all the restaurants, all the all the small businesses. It's so good to have those people out and about and getting on the bandwagon, I suppose, is probably the right terminology, but they're showing their colours. It's such a huge thing. It's, it's, it's enormous, you know, and the fact that you've got Parramatta playing against Penrith in that greater Western area, I think that's just re- reignited the love the love for the game and you know, the fans get an opportunity to express themselves and you know, they're doing their cars up, they're showing their colours, they're putting their flags everywhere. It's really exciting, such a buzz and really privileged to be in the forefront there. I'm, I'm really honoured. Winnie, Dave Riccio, uh, what's interesting to me is I think there's around um, uh, roughly 380 players that have played since 1986 and have, have pulled on the blue and gold jersey and have campaigned and trained and played to try and get to this point in time to win a premiership. And and the big factor is that I know that a lot of this playing group and Brad Arthur have recognised that they're not only playing for themselves, but they're playing for everyone that's pulled on the jersey in the past and great names like Scotty Mann and Stu Galbraith and Shane Werrett and you just keep on – they're great names. Like, And these are all – Jeff Robson, they're all people that have tried to be in this position before. And it, when he, it's interesting that Brad still receives an email once a week from people like Michael Erickson. The Crow will give him a call. And, it's and, amazing, isn't it? And, and I, I want to know how much does it mean for you as an ex-player to know that the current group – Ah, have you in their back of their mind when they run out on Sunday? Now, you, you mentioned some interesting things there, Dave, like Parramatta came into the competition in 1947 and we didn't win our first premiership until 34 years later in 1981 and then their last one is 36 years ago. But even in the early 60s, you had blokes like Ken Thornett, Ronnie Lynch, you know, Dick Thornett, enormous players, Brian Hambly that weren't able to achieve it as well. And it took until 1981 for the Eels to win their premiership. And we all saw the aftermath of that and what it meant to them. They'd let down Parramatta. So the community doesn't know how to celebrate. So, that's what's <laughs> like. so I'm, I'm thinking what's going to happen on Sunday night if they do win. I mean, luckily concrete doesn't burn or whatever yeah. they have to do to reignite <laughs> that spirit. But, you know, all those guys you mentioned, look, they, they were the same as myself and all the guys who were successful in the A's. At the start of the year, you set your goal of winning a premiership. You want to be in that grand final. As the year unfolds, there's ups and downs and so on. But every one of those guys who wore that jersey for Parramatta, they're respected by the fans. As long as they give their 100% on the field, whether they win or lose, the Parramatta fans accept them, glorify them and and love them to death. And that hasn't changed. I think that's the biggest thing about being uh, the next player from the Eels. I mean, people talk to me all day long and they just talk about the 80s, they talk about what's happening this year and I'm really hoping from the next player's point of view that the, the current team get that moment in time when they experience what it's like when that full-time whistle goes. I mean, Gowie knows what it's like, you know, when that full-time whistle goes, it's just so much exuberance of joy and happiness and it's just such a, a, a difficult moment to explain what it's like, but it's literally forever. And I just say that the current crop of players, you know, they've done well. I mean, the coach experienced a couple of wooden spoons. He's, he's been building on it for a number of years now. Finally, they're in the grand final. And all these guys, it's really up to them. We, we can't do anything. We can talk about it all day long. But it's what's in their, their guts. It's what's in their brain. If they really want to get the job done, it's there to be done.
And with the game tomorrow, Winnie, there's going to be, you know, quite a few battles on the field. You know, you've got the Edwards against Gutherson, Coruscant against Marnie, uh, the big forward packs. Which one are you most excited to, to be seeing tomorrow? I'm looking forward to Junior Paulo up against Fisher-Harris. I reckon that's where yeah. the game's at. It's so two big hombres, two go-forward men, you know, and I think I really think the game's going to be determined who gets on top in that, in that forward pack. But those two guys, they're outstanding players. Junior's had a great year. Fisher Harris, man, he's as you know, he's as tough as um, Paul Kimber Steelworks, you know. So, <laughs> you know, I'm just saying, what what happens out there between those two guys? I think it's going to lay the platform for one of those to either side to win the competition. Indeed, and great halves on both sides. I remember John Money talking about uh, the 1986 premiership, saying that any knowledge on football he had, he poured into Peter Sterling's head because he ran the show and just told Brett Kenny just play, and that's uh, <laughs> what he did and scored a couple of tries every time he ran out. Uh, mate, you were lucky to be involved in that and uh, served the blue and gold so brilliantly. Congratulations on everything and good luck tomorrow evening. Yeah, cheers. I'm looking forward. I'm going out with a few blokes tomorrow night, the likes of those guys you just mentioned, Brett Kenny and Nick Cronin, the guru. So really we're going to sit back, absorb what happens and hopefully, you know, we get to celebrate long and hard like the like the rest of the city, the rest of the players and the rest of the fans are going to. So yeah, mate, really honoured you guys thinking me. Thank you for that and I hope you guys enjoy the weekend and, and we all enjoy a great grand final with no controversy in it. Will do. Thanks so much. There Winnie, is Eels Winnie, legend. come on, just say it once for us. Give us one. Give just us give one. us one. Come on, brother. <laughs> okay, here it comes. If you don't score here, you'll never, <laughs> never score. score. <laughs> ah, yes. <laughs> the Triple M Saturday Scrub for King G. Triple M rocks footy. Africa, Aaron Woods, Craig Gow. My name is Tony Squires. Dally M Awards, uh, Rugby League's Night of Nights where all the brightest stars come out to shine. Uh, it was on Wednesday evening and obviously looking for best new talent. I think we found it and won Aaron Woods on the red carpet. Uh, we're here to ask some funny questions, some serious questions. Let's get to it. How was Mad Monday? That was all good. Mad Monday was hectic. A couple of beers and, yeah, a few bets and hectic. Who gets Dally M for the referees? Oh, jeez. I wouldn't say Grant Atkins what happened on the weekend, but uh, other the other 12 that was there. That's a fair comment. Maybe, um, yeah, Atkins, he doesn't get it. Maybe the ref who... Uh, who, who ref the Tigers game? I was going to say not Ashley Klein. Uh, Finally, someone that agrees with me, yes. I don't know. How did he get the grand final? Seriously. <laughs> I don't know. Actually, yeah, Ashley Klein and Jerry Sutton, they haven't been, they haven't been kind to us. What about um, Grant Atkins with the Tom Brady and Mitchell Moses on the weekend? Was that, yeah, Grant, he'll let that go. Uh, We've got some good refs, haven't we? I don't know. <laughs> 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 I know where this is going to go. Uh, we'll go Ashley Klein. <laughs> Be careful, you're the captain. I'll say all of them. They've been great collectively. Oh, you're kidding, mate. You didn't, you didn't need to suck like that. I'll say all of them. Worst journo. <laughs> Not answering this one. Oh, no, that's right, mate. Buzz. Worst journo, jeez. All the above. <laughs> that's the best answer so far. Consider. Come on, brother. Answers, you, you're asking me questions. I don't want to be in What's the Buzz or Danny Widler's column. Buzz used to smash me every week. You know how long it took me to kiss and make it. Exactly. Worst journo of the year. I don't know. They all shit. <laughs> Dave Ricciard. Oh, legend. Oh, wow. He's a good man. Something you're not so telling us about Talakai. you Salakai, what's going on there? He's a good fellow, mate. <laughs> he, he knows how to call it. Oh, the funniest thing is, is that um, Regan Campbell-Gillard uh, mentioned Buzz. Buzz has been really good. Reg's biggest supporter. 
Yeah. I think it was just Flipped the first name. Reggie. It was the name that he thought of. First yeah. that he thought of. It's good to see some honesty you, there. Yeah, exactly, absolutely. isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> are, you, are you playing next year? Yeah. You're not yeah. going to get one penalty given to our team. I never get a penalty. <laughs> or maybe we never get one anyway. <sighs> oh, to, I said, yeah, Klein said, give me 10 the bin. I didn't even touch it. He's got to get on so. the field, Tony, to <laughs> give a penalty. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. <laughs> All right. What about the rest of the Delhi M Wars? Just uh, quickly, obviously, Nico Hines uh, from the Sharkies managed to get. It's a great story. I. It, Extraordinary story. Yeah. Absolutely extraordinary. Uh, I, I mean, we've all listened to I won't go on and on, but this is a guy that hadn't played a full season of NRL. Yep. Let alone a full season at halfback for an NRL side. Uh, he was coming off the bench, uh, filling spots at the Melbourne Storm, goes to the Sharks, as I said, hand, been handed the seven jumper, leads the Cronulla Club to second position on the ladder. They've never finished second in their history. Um, extraordinary story, uh, wonderful speech, and he is just a wonderful endorsement for the game, really, on and off the field. Um, he's someone that the game really need to wrap their arms around. Boys, that leads into coach. Like, I, I know that Toddy Payton did an amazing job, you know, for the Cowboys, but how didn't fit to get it? You like, know, he's just coached the, the Dallium medalist mm-hmm. as, as a little taken Sharks to number two. And he doesn't get it. I'm I'm scratching my head. You know? well, my yep. other one is what about Ivan? Ivan's three grand finals in a row. He's got the minor premiership. He, he had to, he rested players at the back end of the year because they're that far ahead. Do we do we forget how hard it is to do that? And just because he's won the comp last year. Yeah, I, good point. But I think it's just it leads to that they realise like how Penrith good <laughs> how good they are. <laughs> they and they go, good. oh well, he's just he's yeah. just doing his job. We, we, we kind of expect it, don't we? Yeah, yeah, but that's that's I suppose. I don't know who's judging that, you know. Like, it's hard to, you know, separate them because they've all done an amazing job yeah. this year. Yeah. And, and with that, that goes just for the 25 rounds, doesn't it? So they wouldn't – they would have had that done already. Uh, yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah, that's and that's right. where the debate lends itself, does the – do we actually need the Dallium's to be decided post-final series? Because you get the greatest measurement and test of what – I believe coaches come to their fore in the biggest games, yeah. and that is the final series. Um, look, I can't begrudge Todd Payton picking up the award, but, uh, you know, I'm with you, Gowie. I originally, a few weeks ago, I wrote a column about Fitzy being the coach of the year. I just thought he'd, he'd done a remarkable job. But I can't believe they once again missed out on the interim coach of the award. I mean, one of the most exciting <laughs> categories. Who would we have gone for so, that one? So, <laughs> probably Brett Gamorley, no problem. <laughs> Stacey Jones. <laughs> Stacey Jones. Uh, just quickly, that through that side, the Dalian team of the year, James Tedesco, Joseph Sordley, uh, Joey Manu, who was brilliant. They all were. Val, Harm, uh, Val Holmes, Alex Johnson, Cam Munster, Nico Hines, obviously, as a medalist as well, Payne Haas, Api Corosay, uh, Joseph uh, Tapanay, uh, Viliam Kikau, Jeremiah Nanai, and Isaiah Yo and T- Todd Pat- Payton as the coach. It's a pretty good footy side. That's a fair side. I think probably the only one that I'd look at maybe I'd surprise Fisher Harris wasn't in there. Surprised? Yeah. Like I think he's Woodsy, been out- more than surprised. Yeah. Come on, well, mate. Mate, I think he's been outstanding. I think he's been one of the game's front row uh, premier front rolls for the last couple of years, yeah. not just this year. Yeah. Uh, the NRLW player of the year, of course, was Razin McGregor from the Roosters, and the Roosters coach, John Strange, got that gong. There you go. There is the Dally M Award. Time for this. Welcome to Tony's Spotting Quiz. Yes, indeed. All thanks to The Gem, the newest and most exciting prize and rewards program. The Gem is giving away even more. The Gem.com. 
Com. We thank them for their support during this entire season. All right, uh, Gary, uh, I don't know if you played the quiz before. Very, very simple operation. I'm going to ask you a series of questions, all three of you, and uh, you have to give me the answer. They're very simple ones, and I thought the theme should be grand finals. Grand final moments, you all know the answers. It's just how quick you can buzz in using your names as your buzzers. If you wouldn't mind testing those for me, please. Moi, moi. Moi, moi. It's in Fooey Fooey. Yes. Oh, that's good. Can't write. Ah, I love it. I feel sorry for Bryce, but uh, yeah, off you go. Goya. Love it. <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay, who's who now? <laughs> moi, moi. <laughs> all right, question number one. Who did Scott Sattler tackle can't to run. save? Oh, yes, can't Toddy Byrne. Toddy Byrne, Roosters Wingers, 2003 Grand Final. What a moment. Scott's dad, John, famously played with a broken jaw. Yes, well, we'll be careful here, yep. Got no idea. <laughs> of what the question is. Yeah, yeah, well, <laughs> you may have the answer. I, I thought it was quick. Yeah, you're yeah, very good yeah, in terms yeah. of buzzing. Yeah. Uh, Scott's dad famously played with a broken jaw in the 1970 Grand Final against Manly. Who hit him? a good question. Yeah, I don't know that. This is a good question. Oh. Nothing? Does the name John Bucknell mean anything oh. to you? John Bucknell. Were you really? Uh, 2015, who delivered the pass to Kyle Felt? To MG. Little... Uh, MG. Yes, MG. Um, Michael Morgan. Correct. What a pass it was. Uh, all right. The last Eels Premiership have we heard earlier today, of course, it was in 1986. Who is singing the national anthem? (laughs) Moi moi. Yes, moi moi. Julie Anthony? Oh, no. Julie Anthony really can belt out the anthem. That, ladies and gentlemen, is the cast of Neighbours. <laughs> is it? <laughs> it is. Well, the no. ca- cast of Neighbours, when they first started on Channel 10 in 1986, their entire, and they finished up this year at the same time as the... Uh, was, Co- was Kylie Minogue in there? Yeah. Was she? Craig McLaughlin? Right? No, uh, Jason Donovan? Jason Donovan. Jason Donovan. Was on sharing hey? a mic with her. <laughs> Guy Pearce was oh, there. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. Star-studded then, Absolutely. wasn't it? Absolutely. It was a star-studded okay. arrangement. Can't sing. <laughs> 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 I can't believe you threw Julie Anthony in there. Oh, the era. The era. Who, uh, question number five, who designed this year's premiership MG. ring? Yes, MG. Ray Warren. Ray Warren? Well, yeah. Did you know he was a jeweller of sorts? No. That's phenomenal. <laughs> Just the new careers moved in at 80. Yes. Who made the tackle on Craig Smith that led to the penalty try for Melbourne to beat St. George in MG. 19... Ainsco. George Illawarra. Yes. Jamie Ainsco is yeah, You know, you know your stuff there. Love your footy, mate. Yeah. Love it. You're Love on it. Fire. <laughs> <laughs> you might go all right in this final question, too. Who won the 2009 under 20s Toyota Cup grand final? Uh, MG. <laughs> yes, MG. Melbourne. Yeah, who did they beat? Tigers. <laughs> How are you it was, feeling now? Yeah, it was B- BS. It was BS? Yeah. It was 24 22? Yeah, Gareth Whitup scored a try. He dropped it over the line. And we didn't have any video refs. Next year they got video refs. Oh, yeah. Sour point. Have boys. you hung on to that all the, you know, well, like, like a little bit, yes. bit of kernel in your chest? <laughs> Can't stand Melbourne. Really? <laughs> <laughs> because of that moment. And as we heard earlier, referees don't uh, rate too highly with you. Well, either. there we go again. Great decision. <laughs> Absolutely. There you go. The winner was quizzing, ladies and gentlemen. Plenty more to come. This is Saturday Scrum doing it for King G Workwear. Thanks to our mates at King G. Welcome to the Triple M Saturday Scrum. 
Grand final eve, the Panthers and the Parramatta Eels. Tomorrow night is all happening. Who gets the job done? Is it the Panthers who have been so professional, uh, so difficult to toss? The team has beaten them a couple of times this year, of course, it is the Parramatta Eels. Can they get that job done tomorrow night? Just wondering that one sleep thing. Craig Gower, we, did you sleep on the eve of the grand final? Are you a nervous type or not? Uh, yes, and I slept before the game as well. So, well, yeah. so usually I just... I'd lay down because I get really tired, so I'd lay down and have a sleep, and then as soon as I know that we're five minutes before warm-up, I'll get me kit on and then roll into the, into the Mark warm-up. War is a – he always fell asleep in the dressing room as yeah. well. So just, it's a nervous thing, you think? I just start – I start to yawn. Yep. So so I think I'm better just to close my eyes and then, you know, obviously some boys are jumping around that, but I just uh, – I managed to fall asleep. Yeah, and when then... I saw you on the floor outside the studio, yeah, yeah. The show, just... is that when he kicked me? Yeah, is that when he kicked me? Yeah, I, I it was a helpful yeah, thing, yeah, yeah, though. I yeah, thought. Yeah. Well, well, you stayed here overnight. Yeah, I just sparked up. <laughs> Dave Riccio, anything? Any news? Just quickly for yeah, us. Look, Tone. As far as both teams are concerned, they're just finalising their preparations. The Parramatta Reels have done all they can. They have completed their training. They're not a side that uh, does too much on the day before a game. For the Panthers, they are about to hit a core stadium in the next hour. And that will be their captain's run. I must say, it really is a, a tick over the legs. There's not too much um, yeah. energy and, and exertion going on. It's just those final plays and making sure that they know uh, what they want to deliver on Sunday uh, is put to bed. Um, but the Panthers will do that at a core stadium in the next hour. Jimmy Barnes, who rocks the grand final tomorrow night, he's part of the, uh, the pre-game entertainment. Uh, he was up there with Robbie Williams, who was terrific at the AFL grand final. One of the... If only the whole thing had stopped after Robbie. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> All downhill after yeah. that. It was got really ugly after that, uh, Dave Riccio. Don't talk about that now. <laughs> uh, all right, what is going to happen? We've looked at the Parramatta Eels in that last hour. Let's focus a little bit more of our attention on this Panthers side, who, of course, did the job so brilliantly last year. This is their third grand final in a row. They've got full of young guys who have played in grand finals and big games since they were kids all the way through, so they know how each other works. They know each other ticks, uh, and it works beautifully for them. Woodsy, how do you beat that? Look, it's going to be a tough one. Mm. Um, you know, Gary said before, they've all played big games, you know, whether it's played for your country, played for New South Wales, or been in the grand final in the last couple of years. And like you said, they've been in the systems where they've won competitions at SG ball level, um, Jersey flag, you know, New South Wales Cup. So it's just one of those things. They're in such a great system. You know, one, one they lose a player like, you know, Kurt Capel last year. Liam Martin steps up to the plate. They get a, a player in Scott Sorensen who – he couldn't really get a crack at Cronulla. He goes out there on a lifeline, and he's won a competition already. He's played in two grand finals. This is going to be his third in three years. They've just got a great production line. Um, and for me, it's the seven. Uh, you know, I just love Nathan Cleary, just watching him play. Um, you know, there's a lot of question marks over him and that having that five weeks, you know, suspension. But the way he's come, it's, it's like it's been the best thing for him. Yeah. You know, they obviously lost the Origin Series. So he could have said his emotions and, you know, he's – Motivation levels could have been a little bit a little bit down. So he looks like he's just completely refreshed. Jerome Law had obviously had an injury. He missed a couple of weeks, but he's come back and they've just gelled so good. And the performance that Nathan's had in the last two weeks, or obviously they had a bye in the second semi, but absolutely phenomenal. He's been absolutely on fire. And to control a game like he does, and it's just it's just remarkable. And he's only young too, so you got to stop him and, mate, good luck trying to stop him because I think every other, you know, 14 of the other sides that have been in the competition have done tried to do the same thing and not many have been successful. Another man who uh, has just been terrific, not just this season, for the past year is Isaiah Yo. He's just playing great footy, Gary. Yeah, he certainly stepped up uh, 
the beginning of the season, having Nathan being out, and it just adds that extra dimension as a as a ball playing lock, and he just locks up the middle so well. And even his game is just evolving as well. Like he's been amazing just to to add that pass to him, that short pass where you know blokes are pushing through Dylan Edwards and so forth. So you know, I just love the the pack. You know, the just so aggressive. Uh, you know, everyone knows their role and. Uh, they're just so methodical about how they go about their preparation, and and um, you know I know what uh, Ivan does, and and particularly Cameron Serraldo does as well. They you know they break the game down so well, and you know they they understand they're they're all about effort, they're, they're effort for their teammates, and that's the biggest thing. Um, you know you can have all the skill and all the all that stuff in the world, but if you're not prepared to do the that that shitty stuff and really work hard for each other, and that's that's the biggest thing in defensive. Uh, structures and so forth. You know, the guys from the inside work so hard for each other. Um, you know, if they're someone's on the ground or whatever it is, you know, there's guys that just are willing to to, to step up and and try and get get into position to make a tackle. And uh, you've just shown over the last three years how they evolved as a defensive uh, organized uh, organization. But um, you know, getting back to Yowie, he's just been first class all year, and um, you know, he's he's led. You know, by, you know, certainly led by example. If there's a target of focus for Parramatta, I think it's at Charlie Staines and, and this potential mismatch with Mike Sivo. I mean, weight differential, like Sivo's just got it all over Staines uh, and that would see Parramatta play majority of their footy to their left and really come at the Panthers' right side. And Staines, uh, South Sydney has some success going at Staines last week. Um, they they picked up a try down his side. Uh, very talented football and no doubt Staines, but his experience... Uh, in big matches on that right wing, isn't there. And if I'm Parramatta, I, I, I get the sense that they'll be sending a lot of traffic down Staines' side. Yeah, and, and I sort of agree with that right edge as well. Like Gowie said, they work really hard from the inside. If you watch a couple of games this year, uh, Martin, he tries to protect Cleary really hard. And a couple of times he's fallen for the dummy in a couple of shows. So I think that's something that, you know, that edge is their target. The, the other edge is unbelievable. Kick out... He normally, you know, you normally get your back rollers to run at little halves and that. But he's like, like Gary said, his effort areas, his 1% plays, his kick chase, his kick pressure, he's been absolutely phenomenal this year. He's, he's, he's gone to another dimension. And like I said, I don't think there's too much weakness on that edge. I think it's all on that right side. And, and the combination, you know, with Staines and, um, you know, uh, Crichton, it's, they haven't played much footy this year together because Staines has played a lot of reserve grades. So they've got to get that right. And, and you know, and then you've got Cleary who – Defensively, he's really good, but sometimes he's not on the same page as Martin because Martin works so hard from the inside, he tends to give up his inside shoulder. So they just need to be on the same page, and if they're not, I think it's going to be a little bit of a, you know, that's a little bit of a shink in their armour. Regan Campbell-Gillard obviously will enjoy running into a pack that he used to play with uh, and still getting a bit of, uh, I think, his wage pay being paid by Penrith. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Wonga Blake too. Wonga, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Panthers are still contributing to Wonga Blake's salary. Yeah. Um, Look, the, Regan's been quite open in, and, and the Panthers pack as well as trying to play this down. But there's no yeah. doubt in the world that it, at that time he needed to make a change because he just wasn't uh, fitting into the Panthers system at that point in time. That said, not every player – a lot of players kick on when they go to another club and they find where they belong. Yeah. And I, I feel like that's the case for Reg. He's certainly – his form, I would say, he's playing better footy now with Parramatta than what he was at Penrith. Yeah, well, he had a relationship breakdown with Ivan. That's how, that's how it all come about. But he's and he also he broke his jaw, 
and he come back and he he was playing soft. You could tell because you know from how he was running the ball to what he's doing now is was completely different. And I think that was just more a confidence thing coming back from that that injury. You know, certainly when you you have your brought, your jaw broken the way he did, um, you know to to leg up and as Woodsy would know, you, you're fronting up every week and. You know, that's when he was turning his back yeah, a lot, I remember that, yeah. And, and he just wasn't going into contact, uh, you know, the way he should be, and compared to what he's doing now. So, uh, it, it's going to be brutal up front. It's mm. just, a, it's going to be a, a cracking game through through the middle, and um, you know, I can't wait for that. Yeah, I mean, it's all the talk about the, in the battle of the West. Is there is there animosity between these two sides and two clubs? Is, is that genuine, or is it somehow confected during a you know a lead up like this? No, I think there is. You know, there's always been the Battle of the West, and yep. uh, you know, you can tell by the way the fans are and the rest of it. You know, they're going mental. Yep. And uh, even if we're not playing too well at the time and on the ladder and so forth, you'd still have the big crowds there and so forth because everyone's right into it. And uh, you know, that's but that goes back way, you know, yep. even before my time. So uh, you know, it certainly lives on. And uh, t- t- tomorrow, uh, today is going to be even the same thing. It is going to be a brilliant game. It's, uh, what, 24 hours, 30, uh, 24. I can't do the maths. It's more than a day. Uh, this, <laughs> this is your last sleep. That's all you need to know. The Triple M Saturday Scrub for King G. Triple M rocks footy. Yeah, thanks to King G Workwear. King in the industry that continues to innovate. Strong, smart, iconic workwear. I've been wearing the boots all week, loving it. Uh, time now that I have a little caster eye around uh, various grounds to see what is going on in the world of rugby league. Let's begin, in fact, uh, at, at rugby. Roger Tuivasa-Sheik struggling a little bit, uh, Dave Riccio, to get any regular time mm. for the All Blacks. Uh, there's talk of a contract or an offer being tabled, maybe the Sydney Roosters. I'm not sure how that works. <laughs> look, Uncle Nick. <laughs> look, I love look, Uncle look, Nick. Look, surely that's a G.I. <laughs> All, All Blacks legend... Uh, Sir John Kerwin kicked this off earlier in the week, uh-huh. and he, he went to air uh, in the media over in, in New Zealand about there's a little whisper around that there's a contract on the table from the Roosters for Roger Tuivasa-Sheck, and it's on the, as you said, on the basis that Roger's probably falling down the pecking order at centre for the All Blacks. Um, and look, I th- I feel like this is just a headline at this point in time. I don't, mm. I'm not getting much... Um, uh, meat on the bone here. Because I, surely, I really if he's going to make that, a t- let's, a effort. let's just weigh this up for a well, second yeah, on the roots. Where's he going to play at the roots? Exactly, Woodsy. You got yeah. Suwali, Tedesco, Tupo, the back five. Yeah, yeah. Suwali wants to play. Tedesco, ball. Manu, Ted, Manu wants to play closer to the ball, but yeah. six or fullback. Tedesco's the best fullback in the game. Suwali eventually wants to play fullback. Yep. They'll push him to the centres, so that'll impact where Joey plays next year. And then you're going to throw two of us check into the mix. Look, unless it's some extraordinary cut price deal, of which then I think the NRL would need to look at anyway. Um, but look, guys, at this point in time, I feel like it's just commentary from over in the over the ditch, and it might be some some leveraging on behalf of Tuivasa-Sheck to get him uh, higher up that pecking order for the All Blacks. Well, you'd think he would want to be – if he's going to go there and have a crack at it, surely he'd wait and see if he can get a roll into the World Cup. I must There's say – Yeah, Cup. that's right, Tony. And, but I must say this. If the West Tigers – some of the West Tigers aren't throwing crazy money at two of us to get him over, they're kidding themselves. Yeah. Yeah, but, they're throwing crazy money at everyone else. Well, well, if there is a, if there is a door ajar there, go. I would pursue that. Two of us are Sheik – I would love to see back in rugby league. Hundred yeah. percent. As a fan, he's yeah. 
is the reason why you go to games to watch that. That's the sidestep. He's just a freak and defensively too. He's he's a, he's a really good safe position at the back. So if I was a Tigers, I'd be I'd be inquiring about that big time. Is, is he off contract with, with the New South Wales? Oh, sorry, with New Zealand. No, he's not. No? no, he's not. He's, no, he's, he's, he's like on con- he's on or? contract. And and again, I just feel like it's manoeuvring. Yeah, but he played for the Wall- uh, for the All Blacks last week. Didn't yeah, he? yeah, he did. Is he going all right? But there was a couple of injuries that created that opening okay, for him, yeah. Woodsy. And, and once those injured players do come back into You know about it, Gary. You finish a game and feel good, don't you? He's a former rugby champion. Oh, mate, you just keep the playing. Zuri's. You just keep playing over there, I'll tell you. <laughs> I, did. I, I did a close-up of your lips singing the anthem just to see exactly the words you were coming up. For tell you to tell you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was in Melbourne, I think I was watching. It was great. Hey, uh, we, we, seriously, we had to get up. The boys said, you've got you to learn the national anthem and get up in front of the boys and sing the song. And, oh, yeah. <laughs> what's going it? on? No, what's going on here, you know? But uh, no, we did it. Yeah. Got, got it done. Got the job done. Ah, that's good. Fluent Italian now. Love it. I absolutely love it. All right, what about the future of our great game? Uh, there's some changes in the win for uh, New South Wales. No tackling until the under-7s. So uh, after that, you can, it, it's tackle, but there's, it's kind of an Oz tag style thing going on for the younger kids. And the second part is that, uh, in reading this story here, NRL and, and SWRL's major shake-up is stage phase-out of competitive matches for children before their teens. So yep. they won't have the grand finals and finals. They'll mm. just be playing for fun. Yeah, look, I think that's probably the most concerning element of this story uh, as far as fans and and people who love junior sport are concerned. And, look, this has been in vogue in soccer, certainly in New South Wales, for a a number of years. You don't play finals. But what's the reason you don't have a a competition table um, to... to, to I think it's it's ridiculous. What's the reason? They don't want people to win or lose. Well, I don't what? know. Is it to encourage more kids involved so that at all level... Everyone's all a winner time. Yeah, yeah, but you've got to learn to, you gotta learn to lose. Yeah. You've got to be a grateful in defeat. Yeah. I've not stopped learning to lose, Gary. Yeah, me too. Yeah, well, <laughs> only whole career. Don't take me back to that after Sorry, 20s mate. grand final. Sorry, no. <laughs> who, who, who comes <laughs> up with this stuff? Like, who, who decides all this? Even, you know, they don't keep the score in, in under sixes and under sevens, like... Come on, that's part of competition. Competition is winning and losing, and even being able to understand both. And and you start from a young age. That's how you, that's how you be, you got drive. You get drive from winning and losing. Sometimes people, you know, they 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 win all the time. Some people they lose. But you got to. It's it's one of the, it's life. Just it's it, a life. it is life. But it, I guess that's when what age you start looking at it because there must be a an element for those kids who you want. We want to be active. We want our kids out there running and want them to being in, involved in teams and all that kind of thing. If they're not getting picked because the team doesn't play as well with them, then that's a problem. Uh, maybe earlier we want as many kids running around on a footy field as we can yeah, possibly. You got to learn how to win and lose. I teach my little. Well, you may not have day. to learn how to win and lose at seven. My my little fellow's three years old, and I always teach him you got to win and lose. You can't win them all. You don't ever throw a game when you're playing against no him? Way, no way, no. I've got to win. Yeah. If he gets in trouble, he's got to run at me. Yeah. So that's what we do. <laughs> he, he, contact's good because you got to learn. Father of the he, year. Yeah. He buries him in the lounge. <laughs> Fold him straight away. And if also he talks creates, back to you, gets worse. It creates an element of striving for something. Yeah, if exactly. Uh, strength of character is, is striving to finish – Let's say you're a team running fifth. Well, we've got to finish fourth to make the finals. We have to win this game. Like, there's an element of striving for something. But in the current system, and I know this from junior soccer, there's no tables. There's no final series until the age, age under 13s. 
And I, I, I think it's weak. I think it's soft, and I think we're creating a soft environment for, for kids who aren't understanding what, what life's about. Life has setbacks all the way through. I know we're yes, in... but life is about winners and losers. But it's also about holding your hand out and picking somebody up and saying, "Come on, you can still do that. You can still do that." It's even better when you lose. It shows you how you know how much the respect between each other. Okay, I'm just playing devil's advocate. That's all right, mate. Yeah. Stop now. It's like Stop. last week. It's like last week when our Swannies got beat. <laughs> exactly. Oh, I see. So, uh... that, that grand final shouldn't have been a winner or a loser kind of element. <laughs> yeah. That should have been everybody gets a ribbon. So okay. AFL do yeah. it to what they're thirty. Everybody. <laughs> Ben Hunt's future sorted. Uh, State of the Dragons. No, not, 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 not necessarily. Not quite. Uh, this one's $900, just, $900, no, this one this one just keeps on dragging on okay. and off. Look, Ben, oh, I'd be stunned if Ben Hunt leaves the Dragons. Um, to be honest, I think St. George Illawarra need to start to consider that they've reached their limit as far as start to put a deadline on Ben Hunt. Uh, as far as how much they continue to pay him, I think they're, go- they're going to run the risk of potentially losing a couple of their younger players if they really invest heavily well, financially and yeah. long term. Yeah. yeah. Um, look, the bottom line is Ben Hunt's on contract with Dragons next year. He's there next year. Uh, this is merely about an extension beyond next year. And they need to be careful, Saints, about blowing their cap up uh, f- for one player, but also uh, what it may mean for the players below them. Below him, sorry. L- likes of Jaden Sullivan. I think, right. think Benny's just looking for a big payday before he retires. Which is fair yeah. enough. Oh, yeah. I, I, can, I can understand that. Yeah. Looking for a big payday. Isn't he on a million dollars a year now? For six years. Six that's, years. That's quite a fair one. No. <laughs> you don't want it to end, but that's the thing. No, you, you know? don't. You don't want it to end, so he's just, some he's, just he's holding out, mate. He's holding out. After tax, come on. Yeah. Some of us just want it to start. The Triple M Saturday Scrub for King G. Triple M rocks footy. Flying towards full time here, Woodsy Gowie. Dave Riccio, my name is Tony Squire, so it is time for a bit of this action. Believe it or not, believe it or not. Yes, indeed, I throw a proposition at you. You tell me whether you believe it or not and why. All right, let's begin. It is grand final eve. The NRL grand final should be played in the afternoon, believe it or not, Craig Gower. Yes, should yeah? be, yes. I think you just get a better brand of football. It's a lot more open. Uh, obviously, it always helps with the conditions and so. But uh, four thirty, I'd love it. Four thirty. So I get a bit of both action as the. Uh, oh, well, it just leads in, you know, and it's just uh, just a cracking day, and then obviously you get more of a night time. Okay, would you believe it or not? Yeah, I believe it too. Um, I hate waiting around all day for the grand final. It's late at night. I tend to watch a lot of them. So um, yeah, I want to get the game started a bit early, and like Gowie said, there's a bit more to do after the game as well. Have a couple of beers. That's true. Although it's a public holiday, you know, so you can go late tonight and oh, tomorrow night and uh, Monday's not a drama. It's the exact opposite of what's going on in the AFL at the moment who are arguing that they should, in fact, have play a twilight or evening grand final after some flat ratings for the grand final last week, which may have been partly because the Swans were down by 4,000 after 15 minutes. <laughs> well, sure. Doesn't help. Surely, surely that's the most contributing factor to that, that AFL grand, that argument for the AFL has to be down to the fact that, that by quarter time it was already over. all over. Mm. Uh, the Daily Telegraph conducted a online poll in relation to what time you would prefer grand final to be played, evening or afternoon, and 80% of more than 4,000 people who took p- part in the poll, 80% wanted in the afternoon. Yeah. Now, I, 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 I think it's absolutely necessary. I think it's... 
It's exactly what the fans want. And I'm not – look, to Gowie's point, I don't. I think you can still play it at 5 o'clock in the, uh, in the Arvo. I just think 7.30 for Grand Flight is, is too late. Four's uh, four perfect, I reckon. Yeah. And, like, there are so many positive um, factors to, to bringing it forward. I, I won't believe the eyeballs indicator. Are you telling me less people – are going to watch the NRL Grand Final because it's on at four thirty, five o'clock. But I reckon they'll watch well, how a, lot, does that... a lot, a lot more of the aftermatch stuff too, because it goes so late. What seven thirty kick yep. off, nine thirty the game finishes. Kids just turn off by that time. The game can't promote itself to be supportive of rugby league in New Zealand when the Grand Final finishes well after midnight in New Zealand. Yeah, like yep. it. it you, that's where I come back to the eyeballs. You're actually going to get more eyeballs because you're putting it on at a time slot where more people can watch it. I'm worried about the pre-game fireworks in the daylight, though. That doesn't have yeah, quite the, well. the same effect as it does at night time. Well, Jimmy can still sing. Yeah. Barnsy, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Just a balloon release. That's what he's tapping the old day. <laughs> uh, that's exactly right. <laughs> that's all it was. That's old school, that. The Optus TV would just, <laughs> Optus TV <laughs> would just fall over. Uh, I love it. All right, uh, believe it or not, when his career is over, Nathan Cleary will be the greatest halfback in the history of rugby league, without a hint of hyperbole. Uh, Woodsy, what do you think? Well, I believe it. Uh, I tend, you know, I listen to what a lot of the, the great halfbacks have been saying in the media. You know, Cooper Cronk said he's a mile ahead of him where he is, Joey as well. So, and just to see what he's done at this young age, he's won a comp, he's won Origin Series. Um, I don't think he's played for Australia yet, obviously, with all the COVID stuff we've gone through, but. Mate, it's remark. It's just absolutely incredible. I think he could be the the game's best ever player we've ever had. Wow, Gowie? Yeah, certainly. I think so. I think uh, you know, just from what he's done so far, you can tell that you know he's he's been you know probably arguably the best player for a number of years now. And uh, even Andrew Johns come out and said he he was ahead of where he was. So you know, having an accolade from 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 the eighth, yep, is uh, is certainly a certainly a big one. And and He's still on the trajectory of getting better and better, and and back to his work ethic. You know, for what he does on the field, and if he continually keeps doing that, he's just going to get better. And you know, I, I certainly think that uh, he will be the number one halfback. I think if we consider that Andrew Johns is, you know, in the in the fight for the greatest halfback ever, and the fact that he's declaring that Nathan's uh, more advanced than what he was at his this point in time of his career, I think that says something. However. I think Nathan needs to go out and win the premiership tomorrow to start to, to for us to be having this discussion. Because if he doesn't and Mitchell Moses wins, they've both got the same amount of premierships. Um, so I, I think, I think yes, he's done a remarkable job, no doubt, uh, outstanding halfback. But he's also it, only twenty four. He's got a yeah, long. Time he's got to go win it. There. He's yeah, got to yeah. go win these grand finals. Yeah. Is what I'm saying. Well, Joey never lost the grand final, did he? No, no. Two from two. Two from two. All right, uh, Grand Final, still with them. Believe it or not, the 2015 NRL Grand Final is the greatest Grand Final of all time. Not. Not, don't nah. believe it. Well, my favourite one's 97. I was a, I was actually a Manly supporter. It broke my heart, but uh, Joey John's one of my favourite players. And what he, when he went down the short side, and Albert, Aaron Albert. Oh, I hate that name, but yeah, frustrating. <laughs> no, I don't believe that. I think uh, I love the 91, you know, with uh, Simo scoring two tries. You know, he was in and out of that team and – to yeah. come back in and get the job done and Big MG picking up that dropout. You know, it was just a, as a fan yet back in the day when I was a young fellow, it was, uh, it, was, it was great to see. No, I don't believe it either. I think the boys have nailed it. I think 97 and 91 
They're a dead heat for me. 89 wasn't bad. 89, either. outstanding. Oh, yeah, yeah, Widely yeah, regarded as, as as the best grand final ever, but not, 91 grand final. I, I watched it last night, guys. Yeah, so did I. It was good. Uh, hey. Yes. And what, what you had it on tape or was it just on TV? Yeah, I got, I got the VHS yeah. out and, just, and just whacked it on. lonely man. I, just, uh, <laughs> there, there is, I don't know if you picked up on it, Woodsy. There was a... Uh, was it Laurie, Day, Laurie Daly steal on Craig Izzard on the try line? Right. The Panthers w- would have won that grand final easy, except for these two plays. Daly steals the ball off Izzard over the try line. There's another one. Mal Meninga, a couple of minutes later, a, uh, a try saver on Greg Barwick. And it was an extraordinary grand final. I just think the, 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 Pan- it was the way the Panthers won with Royce was made it special, but they could have won it so much easier. And you know what? In that grand final, guys? Who was the sleeve sponsor on the Panthers jersey? Um, oh, Triple M. There you go. <laughs> MG, MG's, MG's uh, career kick-started there. <laughs> I didn't expect when I came in here today that I would hear the name Greg, Greg Barwick. There you go. In fact, you've thrown a few names at me today that I yeah, wasn't expecting. Be what, that's what grand finals do. <laughs> that's right. Memory lane. Uh, sad man. I love it. All right. Believe it or not, uh, trainers should be banned from talking to opposition players. Just cut and dried after what we heard and what has gone on during this week. Yeah, Ellie. believe it. Believe it. There's no need for them to talk to anyone out there. You know, they talk to their players, that's it, get off. Yep. It's like there's 14 men out there. They're sitting out the back waiting. And, uh, you know, I know Greeny. Greeny's a good fella, so I was, I was quite surprised. But, you know, obviously a bit of a brain explosion, I think. But oh, I believe it. If they're taking the hit up and making a tackle, then they can say as much as they want. But they're sitting out the back not doing anything except for just handing out the water bottles and some directions from the coach. So, yeah, he shouldn't be saying anything to the players. Yeah. How much chitter-chatter is there out on the field? From the trainers, like it, let's not let's not pretend that Peter Green, the Panthers then, trainer, is the first play, then, then, trainer ever to, to then, say something. No, I copped a spray off Ricky Stewart. We were playing the Roosters one time, and something went down the right side, and I was I was running back on side, and he, he's giving me lip like from the side, and I, I I can't really say on air what I was saying back to him, but. Um, we, and we got the victory too, so that that was even even better, you know. So, but he didn't call me that that name, obviously. Right. Yeah, so I was. Uh, He's um, he's a very passionate man, Sticky, but it was, it was, uh, <laughs> it, was, it, was it was entertaining anyway. Anyway, that is so good. Is, yeah, you were going to say. I honestly don't. There's not much chat now because they can only come on a certain amount of time. It's not like the old days where they could stay on the field as, as much as they want. But I was similar. I got into a, a, a verbal with Matt King. Yeah, he was he's good in the sledge too. Is he? Yeah, you got a better of me. <laughs> yeah, he's too good. King one woods now. Yeah, we had a beer later on too after the game, so mate, too good tonight. <laughs> uh, and finally, believe it or not, this segment will return next year. <laughs> yes, we all believe that. Believe it. it will happen. Time to wrap it all up. Let's quickly look at uh, though the Knights and the Eels in the NRLW Grand Final. This is an amazing story. The Eels getting there, that blue and gold army. So we'd be so thrilled. You'll hear it right here on Triple M. Uh, Went through the season, that short, obviously, season, uh, without any luck until that final round. Rolled Brisbane Broncos, a team that has been involved in either minor premiers or won this competition every year since its inception. They did them, and then against the Roosters, the defending champions, who looked sensational all year, they beat them in the semifinal. And two of the great buys, obviously, Millie Boyle from the Broncos and uh, Tamika Upton, the fullback, have just added so much. Millie Boyle's try against the Dragons last week, fending off two players, was enormous. Yeah, it's unbelievable. It was sort of similar to what happened last year with, with the Roosters. They only won their last game and then they knocked the Broncos yeah, exactly. out in the semifinals. So 
Yeah, mate, and Millie Ball, she's she was very unlucky not to get the the Dally M medal. You know, obviously, um, Ray C. McGregor got it from the Roosters, but I love their front row. I think it's Caitlin Johnson yeah. and Millie yeah. Ball to lay the platform, and Tamika Upton out the back. She's an absolute freak, and they you got a young Jess, uh, I think Southwell. Um, yeah, she's a, an X sevens player who's only seventeen. She had to get Jessie, cleared by yeah. the uh, the NRL board to to play. So um, I think Andrew it, Johns. Absolutely rates her. rates her so highly as a player. Yeah. Her like, skill set's like it's it's unbelievable. She's I reckon she's miles ahead of the other women in her position. So you, you wonder how much emotion is around for the, the blue and gold girls. Yeah, uh, in this inside the stadium tomorrow afternoon, and just whether that that might be enough to get them home. That they, they met earlier this year, and it was an eighteen sixteen victory to the Knights. So they they do play uh, tight games. The Knights will start favourites, no doubt. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they've been winless winless. Uh, uh, sorry, haven't lost this season. Um, and so I, I honestly expect this one to be an absolute thriller uh, because of, as I said, the emotion of the fact that the, the Paragirls are riding a wave of momentum. We've seen him in the NRL. Uh, the end of that last game uh, last week was phenomenal. Let's hope that, that they probably will need the emotion of that crowd to get mm. behind them because they, was, they were a little bit spent in terms of that. They, it was a grand final for them and they played so very, very well. Uh, you will, of course, hear it right here on uh, Triple M 355 Grand Final. Just part of, of the coverage, right, uh, gentlemen? Quickly, let's turn our thoughts, final thoughts and predictions to uh, Grand Final 2022. I know, Woodsy, you've uh, gone with, you've predicted every team, some of the money even playing uh, during the week. You've can't get, you can't lose then, can you? No. <laughs> Absolutely. Who wins it? Who's the Dal- Who wins the Clive Churchill medal? Uh, I'm going to say Panthers by seven and Dylan Edwards, Clive Churchill medalist. He's been terrific, Dylan Edwards, hasn't he? Amazing. Ab- absolutely outstanding. He runs for 1,000 metres a game and he just sets the defensive line up every time. He never gets it wrong. So um, he's an absolute freak and very unlucky not to get in the Dally M team of the only that he had Tedesco to battle for. Yeah, yep. I'm with Woodsy. Uh, Penrith, 24-12. They'll do it comfortable. Oh, wow. Penrith, 24-12. Yeah. I'm writing yeah. this down so I can come back to haunt you later. Yeah, no. Not, not, <laughs> just, just I'll spot you. Okay. <laughs> and sorry, you, you had Nathan. No, I'll have Dylan. I'll have Dylan, Dylan as well. Yeah, yeah. I, I just think he's been... He was Penrith's best player all year. Uh, I know the big games, Nathan's at the forefront, but just the amount of work that he gets through at the back, you know, he'll run for 200-plus metres. You know, he'll he'll tackle everything that moves. He'll be strong under the high ball. Uh, he'll he'll be just full of class. Yeah, look, at, I'll, I'll make it three. Uh, as far as Dylan Edwards is concerned, I believe he'll pick up the Clive Churchill medal. I think it'll be much tighter. I think the Panthers will win by four. 24-20, Tone, I'll go with. And uh, as I said, we've seen how Parramatta, they know how to get the job done. I'm, uh, this one will be right down to the wire, honestly. I, ju- I think Parramatta will be up for it. I don't think the emotion or the occasion will get to them. And we're, we're set for a thriller. All right, and Craig Gower is set to jump in the taxi for the uh, Penrith reunion. Uh, but sadly, that's where we leave you as Triple M rocks the grand final. Woo! Triple M's Saturday Scrum for King G. Pushing the limits in comfort, technology and design. Triple M rocks the NRL 24-7 through the Triple M app. Thanks to Ream. Steady, hot and strong. Install a Ream.